are listening to Think Funny with Aaron Donnelly, Nate Sadler, and Matt Donnelly. For show notes and to check out Aaron's books, please visit AaronDonnelly.com. And now, the show that only thinks it's funny, the Think Funny Podcast. Welcome to the Think Funny Podcast. This is Aaron Donnelly. I'm here with my co-host, Nate Sadler. Hey, everybody. And Matt Donnelly. Hello, guys. And once again, a very special co-host, my wife, Jenny Donnelly. I am so glad to be back. <laughs> Welcome, right. Jenny. Yeah. So how's you guys this week? I'm getting tired of using the word cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I, I need a different word, but... I'm too old, so like if I start saying something, I feel like it looks like I'm thinking. It seems like I'm trying too hard. Like yeah. we were watching Friends last night, and Rachel said the word "geek," and it just uh, sounded so weird. Ooh. You know, I was trying so, to think of what younger kids replace "cool" with now, and I think say, it's good. Oh, that's so good. I know, like Lennon, mm. if we say if she doesn't want something, if we say, "Oh, do you want a soda?" She'll say, "I'm good." Instead of yeah. "No, thank you, I would not like a soda." Matt, I, I have. May I offer this word for you? Yes. I like to say noise or nice. <laughs> I like when anybody like when anybody uses the number sixty nine. Yeah. I think it's immature and it's not <laughs> my style, but I have to follow the law. Well, what I've been thinking about, I'm sure you guys are aware of the supply chain being completely destroyed around the country. Yeah, and I'm. I'm prepping. I'm preparing for the collapse of society here probably before Christmas. Yeah. And I'm, you know, getting some lists together of things and what I might need to stock up on. And then I just realized, you know what I just need to stock up on? Bullets and a gun. So I don't need to say, I'll trade uh, my sandwich for your matches. Yeah. I will say, give me your matches. I want a sandwich. With no mayo? You're going to stock <laughs> up on mayo. You're going <laughs> to... You're going to finally it'll be, it'll be just a mayo sandwich that they'll give me. <laughs> You're going to be like on the uh, that movie, The Road of the Book, where they finally find a store. Oh my of God, food. that is the saddest movie. And then it's all going to be mayo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hellman's mayonnaise, as far as I can see. Jenny, should I make fun of your go box on Now's the podcast? The <laughs> uh, Jenny had this thing called a. I was like, we were moving and I was lugging everything, and it was just me, and I was like, tired and then i had picked up this heavy box and i was like what is this and i open it and it's like old canned beans and just i don't know nothing it was just like what is this hey, and, hey, and jenny hey, said it's not nothing jenny said it was a go box and so i have made fun of that so much it's a tote with a makeshift uh, shelter mm. which is just a, a plastic napkin no, it's a tablecloth, guys. A tablecloth. And uh, and $20 bill in mm-hmm. there. And I was like, what? I, I was just like envisioning all of the scenarios. Like, go, go, go. Run out to the garage and grab this box with the tablecloth in it. You've got like, a tablecloth and 12 things of refried beans. Exactly. And I was like, where are you going? Out to the woods? To the mountains. Out to the mountains. For a picnic. Jenny, how was your week? Mike was good. I survived the Snake River Canyon. We yeah. uh, were in Twin Falls, and uh, the canyon runs right through town. Like, you step out of the grocery store, and 
50 feet from where you're parked <laughs> or where the yeah yes <laughs> and i'm like that's the canyon right there there's no fence what if i just fall in and i felt like it had this magnet on me like if i just looked at it wrong it was gonna, i was just going to fall in there's my life Bye, um, Jenny. Even lying in bed, you feel like, because the canyon's like maybe 200 yards away. And you feel like <laughs> it's, it's going to sneak up on you in the night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you yeah. post a picture? Did one of you post a picture of like you're in a TJ Maxx and the canyon's yeah, right there? My, yeah, yeah, that was That a made my palms ago. sweat because I have oh. a very bad fear of heights. Just looking at that picture, I'm like, oh, yeah. God. Thank you for relating because that's exactly how I felt like parking my car. I was like, what if I just don't stop in time and I just go over the cliff? <laughs> There's a closer spot. <laughs> this week in history, we are covering the dates of October 31st to November 6th. This week in history. October the 31st. We have a birthday of probably one of my the favorite. Devil. <laughs> well naturally uh we'll get to that but uh of one of my favorite comedic actors somebody we lost way way too soon born october 31st 1950 john candy oh, yeah. uh the canadian emmy winning actor uh from planes trains and automobiles armed and dangerous uncle buck great outdoors you know he's on sctv i mean you just see the guy and you laugh just somebody we lost way too soon was it the ham sandwich Ooh, probably many <laughs> ham sandwiches. Did, I think did he die of a heart attack or something? I think he. Yeah, I think it was the heart ham problem, So it could have been. I'm Anito Horgoth. Buck melanoma. Molly Russell's wart. We have another birthday. Born October thirty first, eighteen o two. Benoit Fourniron. It's. I'm sure there's a French way to pronounce that that, that I can't like do. A prank phone call, <laughs> like Oliver Klosoff. <laughs> What's your name? Benoit Forney Ron? <laughs> it's like they added the Ron on the end. Yeah. So uh, yeah. he was a French inventor, and <laughs> I don't know who called him this, but he was known as the father of the turbine. He nice. designed the first practical water turbine in 1827. <laughs> Why does everyone always say that? It's always That's the practical. practical. I wouldn't have yeah. picked this, but I saw the word practical and I'm like, yeah. okay, hard stop. Got to use that one <laughs> because in the late teens, you know, the late 1700s, there was just all these crazy noises and steam and all these things going all haywire. And they're like, God, if we could just make this a little more practical. I'm and thinking then, impractical is like oars nailed to a penny farthing bike <laughs> wheel. As a man's like pedaling into the sea. And there's a lady in a dress with like a corset on. like She's twirling like, her umbrella in the sea as an impractical turbine. What are we doing here? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so happy birthday, Benoit Fourniron. <laughs> yeah. I told, uh, I was, I visited my buddy Tim Yonda's high school and I told his principal that my name was Oliver Klosoff. And then I was so nervous. Did, did, the rest he, of the did day. he buy it? No, yeah, he didn't. He said, Oh, well, welcome, Oliver. It was a big moment for me. My but closest thing off. to that was I did a trivia on a cruise once and they said, What's your name? And I said, Vincent Vega. <laughs> do you know what that's, do you know what that's from? Is that from Reservoir Dogs? No, it's or from Pulp Fiction. 
Pulp when they fiction, do the dance, yeah, yeah. they do the dance contest. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He goes Vincent yeah. Vega. So yeah. nobody, nobody caught on, but I internally had a laugh. Which that would be a bumper sticker on Nate's car. Maybe his epitaph. Nobody caught on, but I internally had a laugh. Nate sadly. Nobody cared. And then of course, October thirty first, we got Halloween, and I don't know if you guys have any like good memories of Halloween or like what you think of it. As a kid, I always loved Halloween. And the one thing I wanted to share was me and my friends from the neighborhood, if we'd go to a house and we didn't like the candy they gave, we would pee in their mailbox. In their mailbox with the arch? Yes. It doesn't make any sense at all, but that's that was the plan. So if you want to give us yeah. caramels with sesame seeds in them, you get a uh, pee in yeah. your mailbox. Matt, have you ever gone trick-or-treating? Once in your life? No, I never, yeah. never have. But. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you guys weren't allowed. That's a, <laughs> that's a horrible thing that I said. How much I love Halloween, and you guys weren't allowed. So, but yeah, I remember lying on the floor with the lights off, and then kids would come up and 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 dad would be like, "Be quiet!" Shh. <laughs> and the kids would ring the bell and they'd be like, I don't think anybody's here. I saw, I thought I saw somebody move. And I remember like hiding. So I picture Aaron, Halloween. like Aaron, like not moving. And he's like plastered against the wall. And there's like one <laughs> bead of sweat going down his head. October 31st is national knock, knock jokes day. Oh, and yeah, I, I figured I'd get an old boy or two, but I needed to bring this to the, let me, the podcast. Let me prime up the crickets. I'll get them ready. <laughs> so I asked my friend to pull her kids and her daughter gave me this one. Okay. Knock, knock. Who's there? Dwayne. Dwayne who? Dwayne the bathtub. I'm drowning. Oh. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been, uh, i have been working on or you guys know that i'm in pursuit of the perfect scurvy joke right yes so i've been you working on the knock knock territory yeah i i like it because it's absolutely makes no damn sense but we'll yeah. we'll just try it here you can cut this out okay. knock knock who's there orange orange who knock knock Oh boy! A double knock knock joke. Who's there? <laughs> Lemon. Oh no! Knock knock. Nate. L- lime. <laughs> lime who? At least you're not going to have scurvy now. Wow! I like it because of how horrible it is. Yeah, and it like dra- it drains you. Internally. It does. It's like Bruce yeah. Geyser's. If it's not funny, say it louder. November the 1st. 1931, uh, DuPont is back, and they introduce synthetic rubber. And uh, you don't want to know what Waylon Jennings <laughs> thought of synthetic rubber. You're right, we don't. <laughs> so moving on. Uh. Uh, 1911, first aerial bomb was dropped uh, during warfare. It was dropped by an Italian aircraft, like a blimp, during the Italo-Turkish War. But the Turks got the revenge because it became the first to be shot down with rifle fire alone. He shot down, down the blimp. Shot down the blimp, yeah. Does he have a picture of him sitting behind the blimp with the rifle <laughs> on his knee? <laughs> I, thought, I think Nate. Turkish soldiers wore a fez, Aaron. Really? If they win the battle, he moves the tassel to the other side. <laughs> That's like when you graduate. Yeah. 
That would suck to be the blimp pilot, though, because it's going to be a slow crash. You're going to have a lot of time to think about your choices in life. 1939, big uh, scientific advancement. The first animal was conceived by artificial insemination. It's funny that it was a rabbit because if there's any animal that has trouble, you know, yeah, reproducing, right. it's the rabbit. Yeah, that's really kind of gross. Like they do it by hand with cows and stuff, right? That is Nate, one of is the bull. Is bull semen a commodity? It's very expensive. Yeah, like <laughs> hundreds, hundreds, and thousands of dollars. You get paid what now? But you the, the supply the, demand, <laughs> the supply would overload. The A to the B of the whole process is just not worth the money. So <laughs> I want to hear Nate explain to his wife that he that he did a get rich quick scheme on bull semen and lost all their money. <laughs> 1915, because uh, I had to have an assassination attempt story. Uh, this one, uh, an attempted assassination of Harry Truman. Uh, he was staying at the Blair home, I guess, because the White House was being renovated. And uh, these two guys came up with the plan that they were going to basically just shoot their way in to the Blair house to raise awareness for Puerto Rican independence. So To raise awareness uh, for homelessness. For homelessness. <laughs> <laughs> instead, of, instead of going over Niagara Falls. Uh, shoot Harry Truman. <laughs> they wanted to shoot Harry Truman instead. That's wow, I've never heard the story. That's really interesting. Yeah, I've never heard it either. So, so they obviously caught him. Yeah, one guy um, was killed in the gun in gunfire, and the other guy, um, they, they caught him, and he was going to be sentenced to death. But uh, Truman uh, commuted the sentence to life in prison. And then uh, another president uh, actually um, commuted it down to time served. November the 2nd. 1936, the British Broadcasting Corporation initiates the BBC Television Service, the world's first regular high-definition, at the time, service. This is something that I did not know and I just found out this week, is that if you're in, and this is actually common around the world, but if you live in England, you have to pay a television tax every year to have any kind of screen in your house, whether it be a TV, a smartphone, a monitor, anything. Uh, for a color TV, it's $217 a year equivalent. Uh, black and white is around $73 a year. So they generate about five, over $5 billion in revenue for this a year. And if you don't pay, visiting officers can be authorized to visit your property and find if you've been watching or recording live TV on any channel or device. So, <laughs> What's all this then? Coffee's a faulty towers in here. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I heard Benny Hill going on in here. <laughs> yeah, you got to pay $200 a year for Benny Hill reruns. That is a bullcrap tax. I've, yeah. That is nonsense. I don't Who's watching all this black and white? Apparently up until, I forget what year it was, but they, they took a survey and found like, there's like hundreds of thousands of people in England with black and white TV still because of how much lower the price is. Um, that like artificially kept black and white TVs going there. Matt, do you remember when we stayed at the Tahiti Inn in yes. California? Uh, the sign outside said, now with color TV. <laughs> <laughs> and my buddy, when he went to go visit, he was right in that area and he drove by and took pictures for me. Matt, the exact same sign. It says, wow. now with color TV. That's Maybe like, there was a period there where they didn't have color TV. They, <laughs> they, reverted, they reverted for a while. 2016. November 2nd, Cubs win the World Series. 
Uh, Cubs defeated the Indians 4-3 to to win their first World Series since 1908 in Game 7. And a rain delay happened in the 10th inning, was about to start, and they waited it out. Cubs won that game. And in the longest World Championship drought in North American professional sports history, and now passing it on to the team that they beat, the Indians. They now have the longest drought. Victory celebration for the Cubs in Chicago drew over 5 million people making it one of the largest gatherings in all of human history. Matt's been a lifelong, lifelong Cubs fan. Matt is the picture of a Cubs fan. It's a mild-mannered lawyer-type guy that was of the prime age in 1984 when the Cubs almost made it. They, mm-hmm. Cubs yeah. fans, and I mean this with as a total compliment, they have an unfounded optimism. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, I, that, I, that I'm very jealous of. Because as a Tigers fan... <laughs> I'm completely downtrodden and hopeless. That's right. <laughs> hey, you're right, Nate. It's two sides of the same coin. Detroit is the downtrodden loser, and the yeah. Cubs are the optimistic loser. <laughs> yeah, the Cubs are, or the Tigers are just the loser losers. A happy birthday to David Schwimmer. Uh, We've been watching a lot of Friends. What, what do you guys think about Friends? It's so 90s. I never thought, when I was in the 90s, I never thought that it would be like, cringy or like the 70s it has style and everybody can make fun of it i didn't feel that way in the 90s but now i do Mm -hmm. looking back at it Mm -hmm. straight to the garbage i think it's a show now that as a couple we can watch i don't know like i get that have you guys ever done that to where you get into a show that like your wife likes because it's a compromise that you can both watch i would say Um, i made my wife watch i've probably done it more to her i made her watch the man in the high castle that's on me November the 3rd. I liked this one just because the tagline, because I can say it like this. Polly wants justice. <laughs> the parrot yes. cop buddy movie. It's got Burt Reynolds and his and his partner. It's a parrot. Uh, no November. No, no. November 3rd, 1993. <laughs> Polly wants justice. The parrot knew who the murderer was, but would anybody listen? Jane Gill was murdered in her mansion. Gary Rasp, her business partner and beneficiary of a large life insurance policy, is later arrested. However, the murder victim's African gray parrot kept repeating over and over, Richard, no, 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 which led investigators to Richard Matten, a friend of the victim. However, the parrot's testimony was not allowed in court. And Rasp was eventually convicted. Uh, That's the part I loved is uh, like they're calling the witness and they open that little, you know, they open the little gate to let the person in and you just see down there just a little parrot slowly walking up to the stand and puts its little claw on the Bible. And the judge like leans over the bench to look over. He tips his glasses down and the parrot just looks up. So, so. Jenny, when we first moved to our town, remember that guy we met mm-hmm. that had a parrot yeah. and his parrot's wings or feathers all, all his... Of his feathers were gone. He picked, he chewed off his own feathers because he missed this guy's ex-wife. Yeah. So he said it happened when my wife left me, my parrot started chewing off all its feathers and then the parrots, there like totally, totally feathers bare, mm-hmm. and like the saddest looking parrot on his, this sad guy's shoulder. He just goes everywhere with this guy on his shoulder. Yeah. Waylon Jennings so. should have wrote a song about it. 
November 3rd, 1987, the world's loudest snorer, Mark Thompson Hebbard, is recorded snoring at 90 decibels. They said that that's like the sound of a running lawnmower. Of course, uh, made it to the Guinness Book of World Records. This is the whole like Guinness crew surrounding the bed. <laughs> like, <laughs> the cameraman and the audio guy and the fact checker and the guy from Guinness and the guy from the Some, news. Somebody holding a monitor for the decibel levels. November the 4th. 1846, Benjamin Franklin Palmer patents the artificial leg. So after that, there was no more peg leg. That's not a hard invention to think up. <laughs> no, this had springs and metal tendons and stuff. Uh, okay. I did like, uh, but uh, it was right before um, Civil War. So that's when things really took off with all the amputees. Oh, yeah. The right place at the right time. So he started the Civil War to drum up business. I yes. see now. For the artificial legs. Because, you know, what, like one in every two soldiers lost a leg in the Civil War. I think there was a lot of guys well, that just lost both legs. So they <laughs> skewed the curve. I've um, heard that in Civil War, a lot of guys lost legs and arms. Not from the bullet, but from the fabric. So you get shot. Mm. The bullet pushes the dirty fabric into your skin. Mm-hmm. into your body an infection an, yeah. an infection so had they been naked 1980 uh sadaharu o retires uh from the japanese uh, baseball team as pro baseball's all-time home run king he hit 868 home runs by comparison bonds Jer- uh, barry bonds hit um 762 home runs uh they both played 22 seasons although they say the pro baseball's all-time home run king actually might be Josh Gibson yeah. who played uh, in the Negro leagues most mainly, but also in a lot of travel team on a lot of travel teams. So they didn't really keep the greatest records then. Uh, but they think that he may, he may have hit as many as 900 some home runs. Oh, and uh, I got to call out that he was mentioned in that beastie boy song. Got more hits than Sadahara. Oh, everybody check out Paul's uh, boutique. That is one of the greatest albums of all time. And I will fight you on that. What would be the conditions where you'd have to fight somebody over that? I don't know. I get a lot of dumb music takes from people, and I feel like yeah. I'm getting to be an unqualified expert. I have no way to qualify <laughs> myself, but I listen to a hell of a lot of music, and people give me a lot of dumb takes, and I'm like, no, no. Like yeah. any Eagles take or Grateful Dead take, I'm like, I understand music on a level <laughs> that you could never understand music. You are wrong. <laughs> it is not even an argument. It's not an opinion. You can say, I like it. That's different. I like the Eagles or, you know, there's crazy people everywhere. I like the Grateful Dead. I take it back. I think I could imagine a situation where you fight someone over Paul's boutique, Nate. (laughs) November the 5th. 1605, the gunpowder plot was a failed attempt to blow up England's King James. This is King James from the King James Bible, but England's King James and the Parliament on November 5th, 1605. The plot was organized to end the persecution of Roman Catholics by the English government. So this guy, Guy, this guy named Guy, (laughs) Guy Fox. Fawkes? Guy Fawkes. <laughs> Just say it the way you want to say it. <laughs> Guy Fawkes and the handful of other plotters uh, rented a cellar that extended under the House of the Lo- House of Lords building. As the November 5th opening meeting of Parliament approached, 
One of the lords, which was a brother-in-law of one of the conspirators, received an anonymous letter, letter warning him not to attend the parliament on that day. Um, he alerted the government an hours before the attack, just around midnight. They went down. They did a search of the building. Uh, they found Guy Fawkes in the basement guarding 36 barrels of gunpowder. They tortured Fawkes, and the government learned the identities of his co-conspirators. They then killed or captured all of the plotters, put them on trial, and they had them hanged, drawn, and quartered in London. But moments before the start of his execution, Guy Fawkes, on, on January 31st, 1606, jumped from the ladder while climbing to the gallows, breaking his neck and dying. Whoa. Following the failed gunpowder plot, new laws were instituted in England that eliminated the rights of Catholics to vote, which if it isn't a law now, it certainly should be. I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> dumb. But uh, yeah, so well, that was a great story. And that story is the basis for my favorite movie, V for Vendetta. That's I've never your seen favorite it. movie? What? Wait, 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 wait. Matt, have you seen V for Vendetta? No, I haven't. Oh my is God. Is it a miniseries? Or I'm thinking of V. No, it's based off the graphic novel comics from the 80s. Oh, I don't have know. you heard of V for Vendetta? I have seen it. Yeah. I have heard of it. Do you know the rhyme? The remember, remember the 5th of November. Do you know that rhyme? Oh, yeah. Remember, yeah. remember the 5th of November, gunpowder, treason, and plot. We see no reason the gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. That's the rhyme. How that- did they not include the word guy fucks in there? <laughs> <laughs> there once was a man you were, from. <laughs> you were very careful to say fucks. <laughs> Happy birthday to Ike Turner. Uh, born November 5th, 1931. Punch in the face. That's a great guy. American rock and roll and Hall of Fame Grammy winning singer guitarist. I didn't know this. Um, he was, you know, a star before he, you know, he met Tina, obviously. But he wrote and performed the song Rocket 88, which is considered by many to be the very first rock and roll song ever. Okay, here's his story. He was born in Mississippi on November 5th, 1931 to a seamstress and a Baptist minister. He witnessed his father beaten and left for dead by a white mob. He was later told it was an act of retaliation over a woman with whom his father was having an affair. His father lived for two or three years as an invalid in a tent in the family's yard before dying to his injuries when Turner was about five years old. His mother remarried an artist named Philip Reese, who Turner described as a violent alcoholic. One day after Reese gave him a a whipping, (laughs) Turner knocked him out with a length of lumber and ran away to Memphis. Turner was sexually assaulted at the age of six by a middle-aged lady named Miss Boozy. Mm. Walking past her house to school, she would invite him to help her feed her chickens and then take him to bed. Mm. This continued daily for some time. Turner was also raped by another middle-aged woman, Miss Reney, before he was 12. He quit school in the eighth grade and began working as an elevator operator. During breaks, he would watch the DJ play records in a radio station that was in the lobby. This led him to being offered a job by the station manager as as a DJ. He claimed to have been married 14 times, first at age 16. Uh, He had many problems with the law and later estimated that he had spent $11 million on cocaine. His addiction caused a hole through his nasal septum, the pain of which he relieved by using more cocaine. (laughs) He died on December 10th, 2007. So I just gave a lot of time to Ike Turner, probably. A lot of time for Ike Turner. But (laughs) that was an interesting life story. He's the only person that did more coke than uh, Stevie Nicks and Eric Clapton. It sounds like so. Stevie Stevie Nicks burned up her nose too. She had to ingest cocaine through the um, other end. 
I guess. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. She had a person in her entourage that that was their job, was to make sure the Coke so went the job interview eat. process. Yep. It says you're a plumber. You women have heard of jalopy, you've heard the noise they make, but let me introduce my new Rocket 88. Yes, it's straight, just one way. Everybody likes my Rocket 88. I love my blazers. It's a happy birthday to Bill Walton, who led the Portland Trailblazers to their NBA championship in 1977. He also won MVP that year. He had yeah. a really weird beard look. He didn't look right, exactly. He was a basketball player that looked like he should have been in the Grateful Dead. But he's such an interesting guy. He's weird, but he's so interesting. Like, yeah. you can't stop listening when Bill Walton's talking because you have no yeah. idea what's coming next. Huh. Yeah, I, I, I'll watch basketball game that he calls just mm-hmm. to listen to him. I was listening to a game. It was a long time ago. LeBron James was still in high school, and they had brought him up during the NBA game. And Bill Walton said, "I went and watched him play." He goes, "I'm telling you right now, he right now is one of the top six best players in the world if he played in the NBA right now." Hmm. And they, they, the announcers gave him such a hard time for saying that, and I, it really stuck with me. And I was like, "No way." And it probably was true. November the 6th. November 6th, 1990. I hope you guys don't know about this because I want to bring something new. Um, Okay, a fire swept through the Hollywood backlot of Universal Studios. Oh, that's what I had here. You did not. I'm just kidding. Oh. (laughs) Okay, so Hollywood. Yeah, so it destroyed um, some of the Dick Tracy set, some of the Back to the Future 2 set, and some of the set from The Sting. It missed the courthouse. Uh, from Back to the Future, oh, wow. so like it destroyed yeah. all the stuff around the around the set except the courthouse stood. It was said to be started by a cigarette lighter of a security guard, and it was supposedly on purpose. Oh, wow. So the security uh, guard worked for a private security company called Burns Inc., which I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> he worked for Irony Incorporated. Yeah. Like, Sounds like something you just put on the side of your van as you pull up here. I know. It's like a, it's you like look a around. You, yeah, you Burns slap Inc. it on the side of the van, look it both ways, and then throw the lighter Inc. down. November 6, 1928. We have an invention here. Colonel Jacob Schick patents his first electric razor. The patent application stated, the invention is designed to provide a shaving implement that does not require the usual prior application of lather. Is that the commercial? Remember the, everybody, remember Pat said, oh yeah, that's the razor that flies around and wakes buff dudes up. Remember that was always the commercial. They always show a razor lifting hairs. Yeah. It rips them from the skin, <laughs> like uprooting a tree almost. So do you use like the three-pronged electric thing that just kind of, is it? does it do a close oh, shave? Like Not circle. really. Yeah. It does okay. I have to shave like five times a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Matt, what do you, you use? You use just a regular. I switched. I, I, uh, I went from a straight razor to electric. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so now I shave on the bald head the too. On your head? Yeah, on your head. You have a bald. Oh hair? yeah, man. Just wait for Christmas. You know it's coming. <laughs> we have a invention here. November sixth, eighteen ninety nine. The Packard automobile. You have to Google it because it looks like a what you know the expression horseless carriage. 
That's exactly what this is. James and William Packard take their first automobile for a test drive, November 6, 1899, on the streets of Warren, Ohio. James Packard, an engineer, was dissatisfied with the Winton car when he sent suggestions for improvements to the manufacturer of the Winton. They said if he could do better, he should do so himself. So he did. So uh, here's to you, Mr. Packard, and your horseless carriage. That would be a way to start using old-timey things. Make everything, like, less. Like, it's not just a car. It's a horseless carriage. An ear-hornless hearing aid. (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) So we're trying to take it, we're trying to take a new thing back to old technology and add, and just call it less and add negatives to it and just take things away. Okay. Let me, let me get a list going for you. Cause I'll actually like this idea. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'll spend way too much time on that idea. I wanted to give a shout out to uh, thisdaytrivia.com. We get a lot of our research, uh, in-depth research from that website. It's a great website for this day in history. Yes, uh, fun absolutely. Information. So yep. everybody check out thisdaytrivia.com. Thanks for listening to the Think Funny podcast uh, for this week in history edition. Uh, for Aaron, for Nate Sadler. Wait, what do I say? Uh, it's your show. <laughs> no, this is Aaron Donnelly. Uh, no, wait, I'm... Okay, here we go. <laughs> no, it's got to be your no, you. It's got to be your bowl. <laughs> you. Uh, thanks for listening to the Think Funny Podcast. This is... Uh, thank you, everyone, for Nate Sadler, Matt Donnelly, and Jenny Donnelly. Have a great week. The parrot knew who the murderer was, but would anybody listen? Polly wants justice. Thanks for listening to Think Funny. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, and tell a friend. If you have comments or topics for the guys, you can email them at thinkfunnypodcast at gmail.com. And check out aarondonley.com for today's show notes and much more. (laughs) 